This is HPR episode 1696 entitled HPR Community News for January 2015 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 61 minutes long. The summary is live community recording from FOSTOM 2015. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. You're welcome to Hacker Public Radio, episode number or something. What's the episode number, Dave? <laughs> Dave! Is it not on the... Have you not found the page? No, and how do I get this thing up? Uh, I don't know. Well, Ken, you're not going to be able to submit uh, the episode if you don't know the number. You'll probably get a yeah. call and hate mail. Anyway, we should say the number. Okay, so this is uh, HBR Community News 1696 uh, for January 2014. And we are live here at FOSTEM 2015. And... For those of you joining the show, there's going to be a bit of a weird one because there's uh, currently eight or nine different recordings going on, so we have to mash them together. Um, we be me on the train on the way home. So uh, let's go around and introduce ourselves. To my left is... Nightwise. Followed by... To be frank. Followed by... JWP. Followed by... Uh, followed by... Kai. Kai. <laughs> followed by... Nino Media. Dave Morris. And myself, Ken Fallon. As we do with the Community News, it's a show that we do once a year, uh, sorry, once a month, and we review the shows that have been going on in the last month. So, as we don't have any projector here, we're just going to have to uh, wing it. So, actually, the first eight shows were the Community News shows. And those were... Actually, there was a big debate about whether the community news was something that we should do or not. And I guess um, at the time, I didn't, from looking at it from a point of view of many hosts we get from the thing, there was like 75 people who, had, who contributed audio to the show by going into the mumble room. And I know for sure we didn't get 75 episodes from that. On the other hand, HPR tends to be a very... Um, a very uh, I don't know, independent thing where everybody does their own shows and you can go through the whole year without any feeling of community. So I think it's a really good thing for HBR to have one time of the year where we um, where we do the, the banter stuff that we wouldn't otherwise uh, get to do. Ta-da. 
The sound you're hearing is the sound of a projector coming down. So, uh, we, had, uh, we did the 26-hour thing, which is an amazing amount of work, and mostly covered by uh, 5150, it has to be said, who carried quite a lot of the show. Also, also known as the man who does not require sleep. <laughs> yes, exactly, or the man who should get some sleep. <laughs> so the whole, uh, whole thing, we welcomed in a lot of uh, various different islands. Was there anything in the first show, that uh, the first few hours, that jumped out at people? Efficient Ubuntu spins for hardware. So, so this was the New Year's Eve thing where we do 24 hours of, of uh, podcasts. Yep. Somehow you let me forget about this. I didn't get an email from you, Ken, <laughs> saying, hey, JWP, it's time. You know, this is what the community mailing list is for. <laughs> so oh, you are no. hereby invited for next year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's, also, there's also this big thing where people try to launch fireworks in order to let you know that it's probably that time of the year to go and go on mumble. And exactly. <laughs> so that continued on and on and on. I must say, it was uh, Flying Rich arrived. It was quite nice to hear uh, guns, guns and Flying Rich. <laughs> what a surprise. Yes, yes, I remember that part. It was, yeah, guns. Um, and they did the uh, show notes on Etherpad, which, we, uh, which was brilliant, actually, because it meant I just needed to copy and paste and stuff. Jonathan Nadu was in for a while talking about uh, the changes that they've done to the Sonar project. What I really liked about uh, that was the uh, the clock thing, where we, they would keep time in between blind jokes to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to tick okay, off Jonathan exactly, yeah. It was like every every three minutes, pun and then time. Clock time. Yeah. So Ken, what what is the Sonar project? The sonar Sean project is a. Um, it's a Linux distribution aimed at people with accessibility, for accessibility. Okay, so that's the uh, he he did a uh, Jonathan came on uh, tilts and did a talk about that yeah. several times. Yeah. And, okay, so that that's the name that he came up with. For yep. That. Okay. Sonar. It's a pretty good name actually. Yeah. And so. then we did the, our own community news uh, in the middle of everything else, which was hilarious. Um, and then they the kind of continued on. Uh, the introduction to the Mexican wave, and uh, who was it? Thought? It wasn't you, Dave. One of the guys had uh, introduced me to the podcast uh, Thing a Day or New Thing a Day or what's that podcast? But he did. Uh, he had just done one on the Mexican wave, which is known outside of America as the Mexican wave, but inside America it's the wave. So I was screaming that down the um, down the podcast. In Mexico, it's also just the wave. The wave, yeah. yeah. So, um, Klaatu arrived, which was uh, really nice to hear him back. And he's back with a video show, so I immediately unsubscribed as I listened to only audio podcasts. <laughs> oh, I didn't, Klaatu. Don't worry about that. Um, we had um, more Klaatu is here. Some um, good podcasts. And I don't know if people in the uh, listening to this would be interested in um, this This is a good introductory podcast for people. What we recommend is people do they to get the first podcast is how I got into Linux, how I got into tech. It's an easy one to do. But this is also a good one to do, uh, you know, what's on your podcast player because it's interesting for other people. We're all podcast listeners, so it's, uh, it's an interesting one. And it might be something that we could put up on the website to have uh, OPML for, the, for these. Yeah, so basically you're, uh, we should push it into Gpotter. As yeah. Default configuration yeah. instead of the Twitch shows. Yeah. So, um. Good thing, 
Starship Titanic. I have. This is the beauty of the 24-hour show. It's kind of completely random what what is talked about. But as uh, as the discussion was in the mailing list, it is stuff that is of interest to hackers by definition. So and there is stuff in there about Dawson's Creek yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> it continues on episode seven, episode eight. And there was no after show this year, which uh, surprised me and scared me at the same time, due to the fact that immediately we went from having lots of shows down to having no shows in the queue. Uh, thankfully, uh, DAW stepped up and did this one, which was the NetScene uh, Empowerment Federation, which was uh, basically a review of several different podcasts that uh, he is affiliated with. And uh, some of them I knew about, more of them I didn't. So good uh, good example of shows there again and Lost in Bronx is back and I don't know if you know this but um, the reason I'm here today because of Lost in Bronx's episode uh, on um, pod fading and stuff which made me uh, volunteer to uh, to do more on HPR so I always find his shows enjoyable mm-hmm. and this a was a dramatic in- way of bringing them I love, I love yeah. listening to them a lot of work. This one was an interview per se, but his stuff is... He does set the bar for audio uh, audio theatre. Um, 5150 with 5150 shades of beer. And uh, I love these, um, as you can probably tell from uh, being in Belgium and the, uh, the excellent beers that they have here. The only, the only downside of... This episode is, you're never going to, because it's so local to where he lives, you're never going to be able to get samples of the beer he talks about. And um, now that um, Dimitri has stopped the, uh, his um, Source Trunk podcast, we have no, uh, this is 5150 Shades of Beer is the only place we're going to hear podcasts about beer and, uh, and open source software. So, episode 16... 85, uh, LibreOffice Calc Styles and Templates. Uh, I'm glad he got onto this one because um, this is a Bayahuka. Uh, glad he got to this because this was one of the ones that I had requested he right. do. Question, Ken, how do you get your picture like that? Well, I'm so like glad you asked me that. <laughs> if you like use that. the new uh, upload form, all you need to do is submit a show, and during the show, sub- show submission, you can either pick an email address that's got uh, a hash up with Gravatar. So Gravatar is uh, a, a WordPress project-ish. And they make a hash of your email address and they store that up there. And then if they find, if you submit that hash to them, they will get, return the JPEG image uh, associated with that. Or if you don't like that, you can send us an 80 by 80 avatar image and we'll add it to the server itself. And so that we're not leaking your information out, we run a cron job every hour to go and update to see if updates have come in to the Gravatar images so that people going to HPR website can be assured that, well, assured, Gravatar are can get the information, they're just getting it from a central location and not it's not monitoring your, uh, your traffic. HPR is 1686. I'm still continue want to do this um, switch the numbers thing that, that I do with uh, Dutch numbers, but in the last one first. And this is by Steve Bickle, and this had to be the coolest 
thing that I've ever seen is the uh, making a 3D hand for um, for amputees and, and such. They, um, as he says, there are. It's not just as simple as 3D printing a hand and finding somebody who wants a hand. It's it's a medical device, so there are restrictions involved in it. But uh, I think the the goal of the project is absolutely excellent. So I file that under accessibility. Um, then we had uh, thanks with podcast recommendations a list of uh, podcasts again another example of um, a nice easy show to do uh, well not no meaning to belittle Tasha's work but it was uh, as he says himself it was a, a good one to get out there some of them I hadn't heard about and especially this uh, Vedic mythology uh, he made the point that um, quite a lot living in the west we only hear western myths so that's a, a podcast on uh, on more eastern mythology which would be kind of cool Roan some useful tools with compiling software and this was a, a cool one on how to hack a, um, and a or how to build a Debian package uh, using um, uh, well, not the official Debian-supported way, but a way that is really easy to use, and um, and especially if you're doing something for yourself, that you can package stuff for yourself and carry around a Deb with all your tools and utilities. Uh, so it's uh, actually quite a cool way. Stop me, anybody, if you have any comments on this. But uh, Then we had the Linux Voice magazine at OddCamp, and you'll be hearing later on in the episodes that are coming out this week where I'm interviewing the Libra Graphics magazine, who are a, a magazine who they produce a graphics magazine using entirely free and open-source software. So um, uh, Linux Voice magazine might do well to uh, to contact that, that project. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only slagging them off. They, they get slagged quite a lot. Um, so that I think that's the last of the Obcamp uh, interviews from from that's Benny and uh, and a, a big thank you to those guys. They really did a phenomenal job over there at uh, Obcamp. Very professional and unfortunately are going to put what you'll be experiencing the rest of this week from me to shame. And then we have uh, a mini series from Tlatu, um a one-on-one on breadboards. Um, believe it or not, this would have been very useful to me about a year ago because I had no idea how uh, breadboards are are used. There's a if you're not going to the show notes for a lot of these, or you have the ability, the faculties to be able to go to the show notes. There's pictures in here, so it shows you how a breadboard works, which is a uh, good introduction to electronics. And I'd like very much uh, like people to start submitting shows about uh, you know basics of electronics and stuff like that so if you're uh, an electrical engineer or have a background in electrical engineering that is a, a budding hobby and we've got lots of requests for people to do shows on that sort of thing and then the second in that episode was basically how you wire up an Arduino and you do uh, cool stuff you turn on a light and it turns on the servo and the code is again included in that and 5150 with another um, beer episode, although this should have been split off into two episodes. And uh, he's talking about Ros- Nightwise's uh, Raspberry Pi Music Streaming Box, which uh, 
so tell us about that scene as you're here. Okay. Um, I played around with, uh, I got me a Raspberry Pi finally, mm-hmm. and I was looking for a couple of projects to, to play with, and uh, one of the things I was not pleased with, we have a Sonos at home, I have a Spotify account, and uh, the interface on uh, the Sonos is, uh, when it comes to Spotify, is rather poor. So I thought, you know, I have a, a, a set of extra speakers up in uh, on the second floor. Why not take a look at a Raspberry Pi and perhaps might be able to I might be able to enlarge that uh, Spotify friendly uh, capability. So I looked around and I found uh, a Dutch project by Walter van Dijk uh, called Pi Music Box, which is basically a Raspberry Pi distro that turns it into. Um, uh, a media center. It has a web-based interface. It plays basically uh, live streams. You can hook it up to your NAS. It will index all of your music files there. You can throw a URL at it, like for example, an HBR episode. Just give it the link to the MP3. It will start. It will start streaming. Uh, it has a very good interface with Spotify. It has a good interface with Google Play. So um, it actually is Sonos on steroids, and you can hook up a USB um, sound card slash speaker set or uh, an analog one. The interface is HTML5, and uh, it's also uh, completely mobile friendly, so when you approach it with your smartphone or any portable device, you get a nice compact interface. Very well designed (coughs) project. You download the ISO, uh, the image, you unpack it, you put the uh, card back into your PC, you just uh, add your Spotify and Google uh, Play details to the any file, pop it back in, boot it back up, done. Wow, cool. Wow. And he was hooking it up to a one of those 1950s uh, yep. restaurant things. That yeah, uh, I wanted to music. ask about that. I've got a... Uh, I've, when I visited Dave's country, there used to be... Uh, when you go to... to uh, to London, there's this, this this place where you go through these flea markets. Sure, uh, sure. Um, uh, it, uh, Camden or Compton? Yeah, Camden Market. Camden Market, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so I went to the Camden Market. I bought back in the '80s this radio, and it has these really strange batteries in it, right? And it's just this uh, basic FM AM thing, but it looked really like 1940s or something, right? And a little portable thing, and. Uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to do exactly what you did, except I wanted to maybe put a split in that so that it's a radio and and then it's big enough for the pie. Maybe have the pie to play through that, right? Yeah. So I could, you know, so I don't have to listen to German radio. Is that's, that possible? That's, it's funny you mentioned that because one of the things that they're working on in Pi Music Box is to make the co- the coolest mod. So what they do is. They take old uh, radios, you know, the ones with the with the with the with the transistor lamps in them. Mm-hmm. They just chuck out the inside, put a pie inside with music box, and then hook it up to the amplifier. By they split off the five volts for the pie off the amplifier in the radio. They just put the analog signal out of the of the music box to the to the radio, and basically, well, hack the radio. And they have uh, pictures on their website about. Uh, people who've done this to old cassette recorders, which they just you know threw out part of the innards, shoved in the pie, took the power supply and the amplifier that was in there, and made a very modern-looking radio out of that. They also have these beautiful 50s transistor radios, where they basically use the battery space or whatever space was was left to build yeah. in a pie and, and turn it into a device. So I yeah. s- I saw one where they had a a radio on the. You know, you had to tune the dials, and one of the dials was back in time, so 
you further left you go got music from the internet archive so the 30s were over here and as you moved it forward it came up to the 60s so I, was, I thought it was just oh, brilliant the guy did it for his folder it was just yeah. uh, having it's, here. it's actually pretty easy if you yeah. can splice off the the five volts on, on in your radio somewhere yeah. I'm not an electrician but I think you can do that and you can just you know either go straight to the amplifier or straight to the speakers it's, yeah. uh, it's I saw one where you drilled a little hole in the back of the radio right and you bought the USB, uh, bought a USB port up, and so you just plugged in the USB and and ran the pod that way oh, right, out of the wall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out of the wall, or used a USB. Um, the you can buy a a, a Pi battery pack uh, that runs off four yeah. four double uh, A battery, yeah. uh, batteries. Uh, uh, because I I would be adverse. Uh, I would be completely against ripping out valves and tubes from old radios. Well, it, you know, Ken, the reason they're the so hard to get now. Tubes it's, with these tubes and stuff is that it makes a really nice sound. Yeah, True. right. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm going deaf now, but uh, I mean, it really sounds really neat. You know, yeah. when you have a tube amplifier and but it's tube it's, stuff. it's wife and girlfriend friendly. I mean, if you if I drag yet another very geeky project into my kitchen, I have a very geeky wife. Yeah. She goes like, "Okay, what Frankenstein contraption is this again?" As opposed to where I come down with a nice '50s radio, they go like, "There, that's Spotify." Yeah. Now that that's wife and girlfriend friendly. And boyfriend friendly, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All righty. I think the great thing um, is also that you have to set it up and it just has to work. True. Oh yes. Yeah, which yeah. is yeah, which, yes. well, this is this is spouse uh, <laughs> friendly, but which is why you know if you keep if you add it as functionality to a regular radio, then you can always fall back to the uh, you know the whatever's playing on the on the regular airwaves. I remember that when you, when you say that it has to work. I when I moved in with my my wife, my my then girlfriend. Um, I was tinkering around and I had a Windows 2000 machine running with two network cards as the, ho the home router. And I wanted to upgrade it. So my first experience in migrating a server was at 2 o'clock at night because my wife was went to bed because otherwise I had to take the internet down in the house for the entire evening. That was, I had very high demanding users with very high SLAs and that's where you learn. <laughs> um, sorry, coming back to episode 16... Uh, 93 uh, first time host Jerry with uh, fun with the DD command I don't know if, if you listened to this episode it was awesome you have you make a partition on an SD card you leave a little bit of space on the outside and you're right directly to that over there so yeah for the paranoid among us you you encrypt your stuff you put it into a TGZ file and you DD it outside of the file system oh, that was excellent it's not it's not going to stop like people with with probes or anything, or but with DD yeah, with the DD <laughs> command, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 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 was, yeah but you do good. need to know exactly where to start, and that's going to be yeah. quite a challenge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But it was a nice one. It was a, uh, it was a uh, pretty good. And then we had a lame episode the following day by. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Man. <laughs> Dave Morris. Uh, I was screaming, Dave, during this. Why don't My you just name. use XSL, uh, XML <laughs> Starlet and download? No, this is, uh, again, what all Dave show, show, shows. There are full show notes, which let's go and have a look, because he breaks down the uh, script line by line, uh, explaining exactly what it's going to do. And as somebody who has to use Perl every day, I do refer to uh, Dave's source code a lot. <laughs> 
to uh, to find out how to properly code. So uh, thanks, Dave, for that that episode. <laughs> and how do I get back? Ah. So, uh, but that's uh, astronomy picture of the day. You know, one thing we forgot to do was actually include a picture. Uh, would have been uh, yeah, would have been a nice yeah. one to do. That's the challenge. I mean, <laughs> you just have to go and implement the, the script. The script, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, the problem. And I don't know if people are aware of it again, but they we're on to episode uh, sixteen fifty nine. Uh, Hookah's episode on LibreOffice series. I don't know if you're familiar, but you can you can under the RSS feed you there are the options to download by host and download by series. So this is one that if you wanted to get the whole LibreOffice series and put it onto a DVD and give it to somebody, uh, you can just uh, add some parameters to the XML feed and pull that whole thing down. Uh, which is uh, again a question about this guy. So Ahuka, yes, Ahuka, Kevin, uh, Ahuka. Um, I mean, he's so deep in that. Did he set up a company and like an open source company to do like LibreOffice training or consulting or something? No, but he should do. Uh, I mean, it's just incredible. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, uh, you know, you show up, but you know, he go to the community college and and you know, give a class about LibreOffice. I think he was a lecturer, or is he? Yeah, he, 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 he definitely yeah, is a lecturer. I, I, I could tell some student. definite professional yeah, stuff. Yeah. But whole, not, not only does he have the audio associated with it, you click on his on the link at the very last link of every episode and the whole thing is right there it's the whole text of it he's got the textbooks done um, and each of those links uh, links to the Gantt chart template so you can download the whole thing yourself I'm sensing some retirement or something uh, here I don't because yeah. that's a lot of work I, right I'm there. sensing people dedicated to, to passing knowledge which is exactly what HPR is all about uh, it's, 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 it's really a good series I mean um, yeah. I mean, Before I started yeah. listening to this, I didn't have a clue that you can do actually uh, do some proper editing within uh, LibreOffice. Yeah. I just uh, interviewed the LibreOffice guys today here in, at, at FOSDEM. I mean, basically, you they, they should be screaming, yeah. well, listen to this. <laughs> this is what you need. I mean, what they, should, what they should be doing is, you know, putting DVD sets available of this stuff with the show notes associated with it and selling it uh, yeah, up, really. upstairs and giving this guy you know, some credit for it. But, yeah, because it is... That, um, that, that web page, that's a really high quality web page. Yeah, it's, it, it, again, it's... Uh, and his stuff is extremely high quality. What was interesting, I was listening to this episode on the train because uh, it was just released on Friday. And, uh, you know, when he started the series, LibreOffice has jumped two major versions since from when he started to right now. And, uh, you know, he's... Keeping it, and it's it's not limited to LibreOffice. If you t if you take this and go to Microsoft Excel, yep. the same things are going to work. This, it's the same sort of concepts. He's not teaching you, okay. He's teaching the LibreOffice, but he's teaching you how to use a spreadsheet. He's teaching you how to use a word processor. And I know sometimes in the community news we tend to skip over the LibreOffice series because he does them so often, and you know there's only so much applause that you can dump onto a series. But uh, it's it's nice to cover it here, I think. So, that was that uh, for this week. So if we do the magic number here and change uh, 1695 to 1696, we get the show notes for this episode. Dave, do you want to do the comments? <laughs> you always ask me. And you know why, Dave? Because Dave has taken over doing the comments, <laughs> which was one of the things that I... 
used to annoy me quite a lot. This commenting yeah. system's crap. Yeah. But we've we've ordered them in reverse in reverse order because that's the way that we are showing them. If you if you get the comment feed or if you look in the main comment page, but it's when you're reading this, it seems slightly logical to to have the the latest one at the top. I don't know how everybody else feels about it, but uh, anyway. Anyway, the um, the common feed here workaround in the Unison sessions was uh, uh, Unison is is a good way to do our syncing or syncing between two devices, but there's bugs in the latest one that it it just fails. So I found a workaround that that was install an older version, set up your profiles, that doesn't work. But then you can close that one and open up the newer version, open the profiles, and then it will sync. Um, AS numbers to identify where you are on the internet. Very informative. I didn't even read that comment. It's partly like your Carry on, Dave. Um, then Klaatu also commented on Benny's uh, show that he did with uh, um, McNallu about uh, trying out Slackware. Yeah. Um, Klaatu obviously being a, a great Slackware proponent. So, Slack bills as well. Yeah, yeah, from yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that uh, that was good. It was a great show, that person. Yeah. Um, then several comments on uh, Hooker's show on pivot tables. Uh, Steve Bickle, who uh, commented that uh, he couldn't quite get the the example to work, I think, um, and. Uh, Unfortunately, he put it on the wrong show. He meant to put it on on 1655. No, hang on, did he put... I don't know. Anyway, did we manage to solve this? No, we, we were trying... I actually tried to move his comment from one show to yeah. another and screwed the comment system up totally. <laughs> and then had to go and re repair it in a panic. <laughs> in your defence, I've done exactly the same thing. So yeah. It's just not, not a very forgiving system. No, no. <clears throat> <laughs> it's, anyway. it's high on my list of stuff to uh, tackle now yes. that the upload thing is, is... I think Steve anyway was saying that he had difficulty with uh, running uh, examples, but I think that because um, Kevin O'Brien records these things way in advance mm -hmm. that maybe, as you said, some of the versions had moved on and, uh, and maybe he was quite out a little bit so uh, I don't know quite what the outcome was eventually on, on uh, whether he got it to work. Have you tried the, the example yourself at all? I've, I've not, not done it. I've not actually tried these. No, I've I've used pivot tables myself, so yeah. I just did it. Uh, I've they as I said before during that episode that uh, pivot tables was there was one last holdout in the company that I was working in who was using um, uh, Lotus One Two Three, and we were migrating to Excel. Mm -hmm. And when I showed her how to use pivot tables, that was the thing that uh, switched. Yeah. Powerful thing. Uh, yeah. And as we speak, some poor sysadmin is probably trying to convert her to LibreOffice. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, pivot tables work. Okay, now. <laughs> so, I'm not sure what 1667 was. That was uh, how to start a blog. Um, it was. Um, it was that a was show a about a philosophical show. Why you would want to start a blog yeah. as opposed to? Uh, I think what we're seeing now in that list is a comment on a comment. Yeah, because because we're just seeing the things that have occurred in that. Should we uh, go go up to the comments? And drill down into. Was this P for? Tracking the comments is actually more difficult than you'd think it would be. Yeah. Also, the. Uh, <laughs> 
there's this version. Oh, what? See that the the one in the show notes is ordered by show number. Well, how about we just are, do it this are, way? <laughs> these are done in order of, of, of timing of comment. Yes. See what I mean? It's yes. difficult to track. <laughs> so, timely information about Epicanus. What was this about? What do you venture sort of project? Well, Epicanus likes uh, um, Lost and Bronx's uh, types of shows, and I think. He, you can tell from his style of shows he he would he would like to get into that sort of area and, and that's what is effectively what his comment is saying he wants to be be doing another lost in Bronx style of uh, style of show I wonder I, I was thinking about this I wonder if you had like a, a matrix of sound effects and stuff you know you could do that mm. and the door opened press the button <laughs> and do something a sort of live theatre on mumble or something if you had a, a small script that would be something I really love to see you know that you could tune in I, if, if anyone wanted to do that put, put together a, it, would, it would also make great comedy I mean yeah. somebody reading a story Soundboard and somebody was really doing the audio exactly that's something that can be done yeah, yeah. quite fast exactly I've it's Renault the Winter soundboard being built on uh, ETA Zero within half an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, that it's was without the guy being around because he was asleep at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if somebody if somebody wanted to put a script together, and uh, I actually have a thought for a script, but uh, I was thinking we could you know maybe get some various different people to play various different parts. It would be hilarious, and an immense amount of work, of course. Anyway, Mike Ray, 3v3, what's this? This was a uh, comment on uh, Voltage, um, I guess. Platu's first breadboard show. Yeah. Platu was confused about the notation 3v3, yeah. meaning 3.3 volts, uh, which if you've never seen that before, you think, what? Yeah. why is that? And uh, Mike is uh, pointing out that that is the, the convention. You'll find it uh, in relation to, to all, all sorts of other measurements, to resistance, to... Uh, see it on 4.4K7, uh, yeah. it's also yeah. in there for resistors as well. Yeah. That fucked me out the first time, I had no yeah. idea what that was no, about. I, me too, I've been there as well. So it's quite quite helpful, that comment. And uh, obviously Mike's wanting to, to move into this area too, so looking forward to that. Yeah. <coughs> That's another comment on uh, Platu's show um, from TCUC. I don't know how you say his handle there. Um, he's studying electronics and is enjoying this particular one. Good, and uh, if he wants or she wants to do some um, shows on basic electronics as they go, that's, uh, feel free to do that. Nalu pops up and uh, makes a comment on. Uh, if if somebody wants to do show. some basic electronics, they can cut the cable on my little radio and put the pie in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How to make blue smoke. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, that was another column from Nalu, and Archer52 also was commenting on uh, Arduino 101. Enjoyable show. And. Uh, Jerry Cibola, oh, Jerry. It wouldn't be a HPR community news unless I butchered somebody's name. So, <laughs> <laughs> DD fun. Again, the same same effect. I didn't. I wasn't aware that. Well, I kind of knew you could do it, but until somebody says, gives you an example of how it is, it's uh, 
it's pretty cool. And again, on uh, Incandensa. And I'd just like to point out to all the commenters who haven't uh, submitted a show, uh, now I know you listen to HPR. <laughs> no pressure, just saying. <laughs> we are watching you. <laughs> we are ex- waiting with bated breath for your show to be uploaded. For those people who have been trying to upload a show this week, and you're getting uh, this error message, which is uh, the upload form is uh, give shows and press contribute, and you just go to upload. What could be simpler? Yeah, you get there. Yeah, and you get there and watch this. Okay. <laughs> watch this. What happens? So all you have to do is simply pick any day that's available, and then you get oh, suspicious activity. Yeah, detective. Now. In my time, my four years of, uh, of maintaining HPR, there has never been a week where we've had two shows, well, two shows from the same host, that's, that's possible, but there's never been a time where more than five people have uploaded a show at the same time. I have a limit of 150 uploads per day on the uh, thingy, and surprise, surprise, when we put up Hacker Public Radio sticker at FOSTEM 2014, an event surrounded by hackers, that uh, that limit has been exceeded somewhat. <laughs> so I'm leaving this off until uh, the dust settles for a while. I know Mr. X has emailed me to say he couldn't upload a show. Sorry about that, but uh, there is a very good reason for that, and that is uh, my PHP is not... Uh, didn't 5150 had some trouble uploading his shows last week? Yep. When somebody <laughs> told him to get a real browser? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd never do that. But, uh, yes, that was, uh, the limit was at five shows then, and I uploaded it. I, I changed the limit to 150 to allow for browsing, scanning search engines, I don't know what. So, um, so suffice to say that we're getting these resources by the kindness of the community are being provided by J- by um, Josh and anhonesthost.com. That's anhonesthost.com. 15% discount for all HBR listeners on shared VPSs. Um, on shared hosting, sorry, not shared VPSs, shared hosting. Uh, so we're getting that out of the goodness of this guy's pocket. So I don't want to uh, stress the system out needlessly. It's We already get about four or 5,000 attempts a day or more. So, um, if only those were shows. Yeah, if only those were shows. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the mail archive. So this month we've had uh, requested topics uh, suggested. And some of the requesters was about where RC scripts should go on Linux distributions. The requester, a handsome gentleman, <laughs> who uh, right, I've I've got a new laptop, and every single time the you know the 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 bash history and the thingies are all all these settings. I'd like to have them in one place and put them into Git so that I can download them and simulate them to the right place. And it would be nice to have. A well, nice to know what the proper place would be to put those. FOSTEM Conservancy event, which a few of us went to, uh, that was on there, and then there was a quite a large show discussion about uh, the HBR Community News, so or uh, the HBR Twenty Four Hour Show, which I guess from reading it, um, 
there was a lot of people liked the concept, uh, but I think it probably would be better just to narrow it down to a shorter amount of time. Yes, start the streaming at uh, when the first time zone goes in, but having to have people there 24-7 is a bit of a problem because the the benefit of having the New Year show is that there is a period in that 24 hours that somebody is free, that they can come on and say hello. But the day before, uh, somebody needs to be there to start it off. And as it happened, the first time we went to a 26, 24-hour show, um, it was on a weekend, so people were available because it was a Saturday. And then the following year, I happened to be at home, uh, so I was available. But this year, it meant I, I had a project that I had to finish and work, so I was there until 4 o'clock, so... Yeah, uh, already six hours of the show had gone past, and by the time I got home, there was already 12 hours of the show gone. So um, 5150 ended up being on the show for a considerable amount of time, sort of carrying it. Until then, you know, the evening strikes, and then everybody's on, and it's able to carry itself until the next morning. And then the next morning, I, I don't mind coming on and carrying it until the 12 hours. That's not That's not a problem. But... From the point of view, with my with my Ken getting shows for HBR hat, as I said before, it's I don't know is it that useful? Does it bring that many hosts? Does it bring that many shows? Probably not. But as a way of just having a good time and chilling out with podcasters and people that you've been listening to all year, hey, you, you can't beat it with a sledgehammer. It's it's kind of like the the IRC channel, but then in a different way. There's, I mean, I'm yeah. on the IRC channel every day because that's you know one of the places I go. Those are my Hangouts, and it's always nice to have that in in in, uh, in Mumble, which I was uh, thinking. I mean, is this channel open all the time, or yep. just do we do this for New Year's? Yeah, it's open. The Mumble channel is available for HBR. It's it's provided by to the community not not only HBR but loads of other uh, um, <clears throat> podcasts have got rooms up there, and in the HBR show channel, anybody we do the community news on there. We just log on, jump onto the channel, and bad and big. Um, I have no problem putting the stream up, so it streams out of there. But uh, it's can you record out of that? Yeah, yeah you just mm-hmm. everybody, uh, everybody presses. You go into the room and you press the red button. <laughs> Job done. On the it's, it's Mumble like, has built-in recording. It is okay. Mumble has no built-in. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's actually yeah. Sometimes I I can I think it's easier to do that than just record with. Yeah. Uh, with my l- as a laptop. as a as a beginner mumble question. Yep. Okay. Two questions. Does it have a Windows client? Yes. yes. And does it? Uh, uh, can it go through a proxy? So if you're like you're behind a corporate proxy, can the mumble client go through? Skype can now because Skype is Microsoft, and Microsoft figured out how to go through the proxy automatically. Uh, right. Uh, so no, I you need to do port forwarding. Yeah. 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 So. Mm-hmm. Or you have to put no. the configuration. What kind of proxy are you talking about? Well, you know, you go to work. A socks proxy. Yeah, there are socks proxies. There are HTTP proxies. There's gazillions yeah, of other proxies. Yeah, at my work, there's 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 a list of four that you have to add to the Bash RC file in your Linux to make it work, right? Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. HTTP, FTP, addressing uh, 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 capital letters and smaller letters. Yeah, and so you put that in the Bash RC, and then everything worked. Like, and then you have to go to AppGit and change the AppGit, and then it'll work behind the proxy. Do you have SSH? Yeah, of course, I can SSH. Yeah. Okay, don't, why don't you use uh, Shuttle? Yeah. Shuttle's great. You or can you just can... Uh, pile everything through one SSH channel, and it eats everything. It eats uh, 
I, I do DNS as well, yeah. It eats DNS, it eats everything. I, I use, uh, you know, my, my work traffic goes right on the network, and when I, when I type in an IP that is related to my home network, it just sets up a side-to-side VPN proxy. It's a SOX 5, it shoves everything through, and uh, you just you, you have some bandwidth overhead, but... It won't matter with mumble. But that yeah. might be a problem for your use case, because if you're at your work, I guess you need to use the reason why there is a proxy. So if you set up shuttle, the mumble time might work, but your other work-related stuff might stop working. Yeah. yeah, but if you only filters it so only that port yeah. goes through, then... Yeah. I, just, I just set up a, a, a filter that says, you know, everything to the 172, Shove that through the mumble and all the rest directly yeah. to the network, and it so even does DNS. And we know that it's cool. a fixed IP address, so you, you get the IP address, you type it in. This go out that way. Ah. Yeah. And your name is? So hey, my name is uh, Imian Klein. I did a show, I think one and a half year ago, maybe. Looks like I was starting my uh, hackerspace or well, a hackerspace in the city where I lived in the Netherlands in the Lodge. So this is the first time I'm attending uh, here. Hey, welcome. Hey. Nice to meet you. May I ask which hackerspace? Uh, sorry, I said hackerspace. I meant Linux user group. Okay. Um, we were going to start a hackerspace as well, but that kind of uh, gets expensive, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's more the finding a room or yeah. a place. We visit a couple of things, but yeah, it's about 400, 500 euros a month. Yeah. Which, when you start, and you only have six, seven guys, it's, uh, it's uh, a big and you also have to factor in insurance and stuff yeah, like that as well. Yeah. For blue smoke creation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, there are some rather active, let's say, 30 kilometers. Why? I know over, so it's, we're kind of struggling to find a critical mass to get started in our small city. Demo. Okay, so random data is still going on. That's what I heard. Cool. So that's... Folks, pretty much is our standard, bog-standard HPR community news. So if there's anything else you want to talk about, feel free to do so now or forever hold your peace. Actually, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> record a show. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> yes, apologies to people who are trying to upload shows, and uh, but this upload form really, uh, really does make my life a lot easier and if you people, need a real browser if, yeah, well no you can do it with uh, <laughs> no you can't do it with Midori well, alright what browser. I what I did was it's a HTML5 there are HTML5 required fields on there so I was using the link browser that doesn't matter there's an asterisk beside it and browser. if it's <laughs> <laughs> I was using the link browser oh, that Midori some slack uh, 45150 <clears throat> you can either Use a HTML5 browser or use your brain. So your your choice. They, the brain part will require that you look at the asterisks beside the required fields. Ken, are you saying that there's people that work without the console? Not at all. I've I've heard it. Yes. We've uh, uh, got plenty of people who work without the brain. I think. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, it's, and then you know I get. Re- People are emailing me with issues. I'm like, why can't they fill out a form? And then I go, oh, oops, because line 42 of my script doesn't work properly. Sorry about that. <laughs> so uh, It's a work in progress, guys. It's a work in progress. But uh, once we get that done, then we can work on the parsing engine side at the back and then sort of fully automate it. And I even have uh, 
have things where I'm going to take the audio and do a pictogram of it and that way you can see visually we'll go to a mail list of people who are trusted to uh, authenticate shows to the network not that we monitor or uh, or check the shows we just check to make sure the intro and outro are in and we don't we don't do any moderation but we um, want to make sure that it's not spam so we'll be sending around a, a speaks or an OPEC, o, opus file uh, to whoever wants to volunteer to you know to, to take the text box yeah this is approved and when you upload the idea behind the gpg key is if you uh, submit a few shows then at a particular point in time you will get the email yourself and you can self-automate it that uh yeah, this is what we've received. You know, do you see the intro and outro? And just press OK, and then you can auto approve your own shows. Taking more work from me, <laughs> and now that I've given Dave the <laughs> the uh, comment thing, then I can basically step back and. Are there any future plans to replace the speaks voice in the beginning of the show with something that doesn't sound like Stephen Hawking on steroids? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, Ken, why don't you get like your daughter to, to record, uh, record like something to make it sound a little better? Because there are, last year there were 260 shows, guys. We can't, we can't it has to be automated. It's like a holiday job. Yeah. <laughs> 260 shows, one of which has been recorded now and will need to be posted in the next edited, posted in the next few hours. Okay, so, at the same time of which I'm on a train going home yeah well, for this show then have kai do the yeah that's true with the speaker man I mean, but that's why <laughs> kai is busy kai installing kubuntu on his uh, laptop there at the back just any downloading yeah well one of the what was it ray has sent me a um a new voice text-to-speech engine that works on on ubuntu but i haven't had the time uh, to get it working on Fedora yet, but yeah, I'm I'm completely open to, I'm completely open to changing that. I'm completely open to sh uh, reducing the amount of uh, waffle that's in that down waffle that spiel blah 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 okay. shortness okay. reduce it down. So I'm thinking now that uh, I will have the host's name saying their own host name at the beginning and then just text to speech of the summary and not the title so uh, that's it HBR episode blah by Ken Fallon hello my name is Ken Fallon or whatever the audio web file is and then the text to speech for just the summary because you see on a lot of the shows it's the summary is a repeat of for the most part, is a repeat of the uh, title with a little bit more, uh, with a little bit more waffle associated with it. For the audio listeners, Ken is Ken furiously is working on Midori. <laughs> so, for example, uh, the title of episode uh, sixteen fifty nine, not just happens to be the last episode, is. LibreOffice calc the object model and using templates and the summary is understanding the object model and how templates work so it's the summary is enough I think perhaps any other things that is annoying people about HPR or things that we can improve 
how do we get more people submitting shows? That's the question. Because mm-hmm. everybody here is more or less a podcaster. Well, more or less. More or Whether less. they know it or not. <laughs> Perhaps a show about uh, organizing uh, the workflow regarding submitting a show, because I know I have two or three shows which I've created, but they are somewhere on my file system and I'm having a really big problem finding them back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did you DD them outside of your partition? For, for, yeah, for us. <laughs> no, but the partition is four terabytes big, so there's a lot of room to search through. Yeah. The, the one thing I talked to uh, Katie Murray, who is uh, a co-host I used to work with on uh, the AGP and who regularly uh, works with me on, on Nightwise.com, Keith is, is uh, has a great voice and is somebody who really wants to, you know, push things to perfection before he publishes them. Yeah. And then you get to the stage where you keep editing it down or keep trying it again or, or even before that, keep scripting it before you record. One of the things I always tell, try to tell Keith and what, what might be a, a tip for, for any other listeners, just do one. And, it's, and, you know, just do one and submit it, but don't try to whittle it down to perfection because it will just stay there on your hard drive. It will become mm-hmm. stale and you won't upload it. I mean... 60% of the crap that I do, I just record and, and basically edit down a little bit and upload because I know that when I keep working on it until I've got it perfect, I'll be so sick and tired of hearing it, it's not exciting for me anymore or I'll just leave it there and it will wither away. So for me, when I got to know a, a Hacker Public Radio, I loved those shows that had, you know, audio quality that was questionable or like it was yeah. recorded in the, uh, you know on the wrong side of the lunar module or something but it it was the content that it's all about i i know that especially in modern day podcasting with the leo laports who have equipment that we can't afford people and people to do it and people to do it yeah they sound really professional but i've done radio for a couple of years and podcasting isn't radio and if we turn podcasting into radio, it will lose its soul. It are conversations like this with, well, questionable quality. Um, I don't well, know thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but it are conversations like this who aren't, uh, you know, this is not filtered through 17 modules of rack space equipment to, to sound just great on some kind of German Nazi Heil microphone, but it doesn't matter. I mean, just just submit your show. There's people, though, that, that make their own studio, right? That have a room in their house that's a studio. Like, uh, I listen to the Mediocre Show, right? And, yeah. and these guys, the three or four of them that do this show, they have a studio in Westchester, PA, and they go there and they do it. The guys that do Jupiter Broadcasting now, they have a separate office that they drive to to do Jupiter Broadcasting now. It's Leo Laporte. He has a, like a building, building yep. that he does it in, and so you know and more power so to you them have for that, So you have that, that too. But but then you have uh, you like that has a microphone, and me, I, I use my Windows phone, so that when you get a show from me, I, I'm Windows phoning it, right? Uh, uh, that's the best quality device that I've found so far. I did my uh, first two scenes of Nightwise.com in the car. Yeah. Dave Yates with the Sansa clip on his on his, uh, on his, his hat and like I just cried when that episode that uh, podcast stopped. Really? Yeah. That, that was the great I mean one of the with the, the three by five cards, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> uh, 
and he did an episode on HBO where he crashed the car. Did <laughs> he actually? Uh, I was, uh, I was. Oh yeah, the, the, the lady ran into him, he was doing the podcast, and I remember the lady ran into him while he was doing the po- uh, podcast. Yeah. He says, I have to pause. But, was, but those are the things that make, that differentiate us as podcasters, as actual people, from radio hosts who are just disembodied voices doing something. And I've been I've been with podcasting from from the days where, where Adam Curry was still with his wife, so uh, go figure. Uh, that was a long time ago, and and I remember those shows where he would walk around with um, with his little microphone on his on his uh, on his jacket. He would walk around, and you would hear the sounds of of the street, and there was ambient noise and everything. But that was imaginative. There is nothing imaginative on on a disembodied voice with no real personality or quirks behind it that's just you know that's just NPR that's great for NPR but NPR isn't podcasting and and vice versa and I'll just in support of that if people you know look at the download stats which I need to rerun again I know I promised it and I will get to it Um, the ones that the shows that are downloaded the most are the quirky ones the Swimming in France one has as much downloads as the uh, New Year shows, like a guy with a with an MP3 player sewn to his hood and then just went swimming down a river in France. <laughs> it's and it is an awesome episode. It's just so relaxing <laughs> listening to that. To but that it's show. it's that what we do. We do theater yeah. of the mind, and uh, <clears throat> the power of imaginations from our listeners is so. Uh, is something that we should tap into, and it is because your your show is quirky, and you might hear your kit or your cat on the background, or you're doing it in your car, or you're rustling your microphone as you're trying to do it. I mean, that is what makes you human. And podcasting is about relating to other humans. And if it's about the purely about the voice, the quality, and the content, I don't know. That's that, especially HPR uh, and uh, HPR. That's not really what we're about. Audio, any audio is better than no audio, folks. And if you have a, if you have a first version of your podcast, what you do is you upload it to the HPR website, which will turn it into a podcast. And if you book it far enough in advance and it's there, I'm more than happy to take an edited version after the fact. But if you're happy with the version that you've uploaded, that one will get released. So that will stop you procrastinating. Mm-hmm. Do the first edit, upload that, and then we have something. And if you want to send in a, an updated version afterwards, we can do that as well. I don't know um, how long more we're going to be here. I think we outstayed our welcome. Well, there's nobody, uh, uh, nobody coming in. Perhaps we can take a look outside whether there are people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're Belgians, they'll just wait patient, patiently and be aggravated. <laughs> oh, folks. Not the end of the evening, but it's all we have time for tonight. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. 
If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.